0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Youth Room. On this episode, Jordan and I talk about the Bible and how it is not just another book. And as we're having this discussion, I was thinking to myself, you know, for those who are avid readers, you know, the power of Goodreads users, um, you will know this phrase. And Jordan, let me know if if you're familiar with it or not. Um, But it's the phrase, a shelf of shame.
1: A shelf of shame. I have never heard of this. You don't, have
0: a, you don't have a shelf of shame in your house where you just hang your no. shame every day and it's like a trophy. This is my shame. No. no. So a shelf of shame. It also uh, for those who are listening and are board game fans, you can uh, you can message us and let me know that you're also a fan of the board <laughs> games. But uh, it comes up in that as well. This this idea of a shelf of shame. A shelf of shame is when you thought you were going to read something. you're going to play something and it just sits Uh, on the shelf and you haven't cracked it open you haven't done anything with it so you're just ashamed of yourself and uh, some people i'm looking
1: at a shelf of shame right now there you go i definitely have one
0: (laughs) yeah we we do it right we collect it we these books they're incredible stories or they're going to change our lives and you know so we're at indigo one day or i don't know barnes and noble for whatever whatever the bookstore is in, in your country and your culture, but you're there and you pick up a book and you take it home and then it sits on the shelf and it does nothing. It doesn't entertain you. It doesn't make you feel good. Uh, it just sits there and brings you shame. Well, in this episode, we talk about the Bible and how more than any other book, we have to take the Bible off of the shelf. We have to read it. We have to understand that it doesn't belong in the same shelf as all these other books. It is. Uh, so much more than any other book. And that's what we dive into in this episode. We talk about you know, what sets the Bible apart. We talk about um, why it's so important that we read the Bible. And then we end with what we can do in response to knowing this about the Bible. What are we supposed to do with that? And, And what's the practical application for our lives? And so I had a lot of fun with this discussion, and I hope you enjoy listening to this episode.
1: You're listening to The Youth Room, a podcast from UPCI Youth Ministries for students and young adults. Every month, Daniel and Jordan hang out and talk about things relevant to you as an apostolic young person. If you like what you hear, please consider following
0: and subscribing to the show. P.S. We want your feedback. Visit anchor.fm
1: slash the youthroomym to connect with us on social media and send us a voice message if you have a question or topic that we should address in the future. Welcome back to another episode of the Youth Room. We're your hosts, Jordan and Daniel. And in this topic, we're going to be diving into a discussion that may be a little bit familiar. If you were with us back in season two, we talked about why we believe what we believe. And part of that episode, we talked about the Bible. And we want to dive a bit deeper into what the Bible is, what sets it apart from other books why is it considered sacred and we're going to talk about how understanding the bible and its unique qualities how that should challenge us to take action so without further ado let's jump right in dan what sets the bible apart
0: yeah well the bible really is a collection of books and you know we say that and we think okay is that just you know a library but um, what's important about them is is how they were authored, or really who is you know the inspiration of it, or who directed the authors to say what they said. And so the kind of big term around that is divine inspiration, right? It's not human ingenuity, it's not uh, a human agenda, but divine, right? It, it comes from God, it's inspired by God, and so it's not just. Um, a collection of human writings like any other book or anthology, but it is divinely inspired, meaning it's authored by God himself who used human writers to write these books. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, very familiar scripture says, all scripture is inspired by God. It doesn't have a period there, but you could put a period there, right? All scripture is inspired by God. And then it goes on to say, well, why is that useful for us, right? It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. In other words, it stands apart because it's not just, you know, self-help advice. It's not just, you know, someone's commentary on the world and the way they think it understands. But it's God who's the designer and the creator of everything. Uh, that is his inspired book. It's his writing for us, his creation. And so that divine inspiration gives the Bible a unique authority and a unique power to to speak into our lives and to speak things into our lives.
1: I think that's so important what you were saying there, that it's not like any other self-help material. It's not even in that same category. It has unique authority. And in our world today, these things like self-help is such a huge topic it's growing and growing and even things like personality tests and quizzes and you and i had a conversation a few weeks ago um, where we were talking about this and how sometimes while those tools can be helpful or those books can be you know great inspiration or they might give you some things that you want to build into your own life They can sometimes put us in a box or they can maybe lead us down a path that's not really helpful. Whereas the Bible, we can take that and and we can build our lives on it, knowing that it is a source of truth, that that it is something that holds authority and that is realistic and a real representation of our lives and where we're supposed to be headed. And, And I think that really for me is so critical because everything else might present itself that way but the bible really is what it what it claims to be and we see that in a few ways um something that sets the bible apart and that really proves that it is what it says it is is historical accuracy it it contains these accounts of events that actually happened and these aren't just, you know, fanciful stories or allegories or, um, fictional narratives with like a a good moral or a good principle that we're supposed to learn from them. But the Bible actually is telling the stories of real people in real places. And it's showing us the character and nature of God through these events and how he interacted with people throughout history. And, sometimes there will be situations where we look at an event in the Bible and and all of what we know about history and archaeology and and studying the past these ancient cultures we look at a story and we're like well I don't I don't know if we can actually prove it did that actually happen and uh, there was at one point in time where they felt this way about King David King David he's a prominent figure in the Bible and for many years uh, skeptics in the archaeological scientific community they doubted his existence but in the the mid-1900s an archaeological discovery known as the Tel Dan Stele it provided strong evidence for the historical existence of King David was was that one of your ancestors Dan that wrote the Tel Dan Stele?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never know I there everyone's my ancestor
1: I guess that that uh no that's not true <laughs> that was, i thought you had something there but that's just one example right others would be like the fall of jericho or the pool of Beth, Beth, bethesda in jerusalem these are things that we read about in scripture that were thought at one point to not have happened or uh, places to that didn't exist but then over time as we discover more as they you know get permits to dig in certain areas of certain parts of the world they realize oh this actually did happen um another one was the Cyrus cylinder where Uh, The Bible mentions King Cyrus of Persia, who issued a decree to allow the Jews to return to their land to rebuild the temple. And in the eighteen hundreds, eighteen seventy nine, they actually found an ancient clay cylinder that contained that proclamation in modern day Iraq. And the inscription on that cylinder it aligned with what we read in the bible and so we have these like separate sources in history that that just reinforce what the bible is claiming even when we thought maybe it was wrong in some parts we would discover later that no it actually it actually was a a realistic representation of what actually happened
0: yeah and if you you know think about it historically so much of this happen like if you think about the span of scripture just the the timelines involved and the generations um the fact that there you know is evidence especially of these like bigger historical figures um or you know specific locations that are almost like they they seem like minor details to us sometimes when we're reading the biblical narrative but at the time, they might have been a more prominent thing, or they were more well known, and you know we just kind of uh, were skeptical in some ways, and so we we hesitate to take things at face value. But the more this you know starts to pile up, where there's evidence of this world and these names and these places uh, existing, it just helps to lend. Uh, itself to the credibility of scripture in that it's it's these things aren't just made up but the way they're spoken of and the way they're referenced is referenced is the way that we're beginning to see and understand uh, that they were right and so it just lines up with scripture we're uh, not finding things that are you know not in line with that but instead we're finding evidence that supports what scripture has already uh, spoken of and that you know, even just outside of that, the Bible um, has the ability to transform lives and to change lives and to spark movements and inspire people unlike any other um, text does. And so there's something to be said about it where the more you read it and rereading it over and over again, where God continues to speak through it and things are are brought to light and they seem to just resonate with us. And, um, you know, the whole of scripture kind of Coming together and having one message and focal point and story that's told from you know beginning to end and and it's not contradicting itself or going these different ways. But um, what I kind of want to drill down on for another kind of evidence of the Bible or you know something that causes us to look at it separately from other books is just the transformative power. And so I don't know, Jordan. Maybe do you have an example you know from your own life of how?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: The Bible's impacted you.
1: For sure. I can remember a time when I was in high school and I was struggling with my consistency in my walk with God. And I was, you know, really being tempted in different ways and finding myself hanging out with people that that were definitely not wanting to live lives pleasing to God. And so I would always just really be, you know, wrestling on the weekend. I would show up at church and I'd be struggling. I'd be thinking, man, like, I got to get serious about this. Like, you know, it wasn't that I was living a life of sin and, and really just like going all out full tilt against God. But I was just I wasn't fulfilling my calling like I knew God called me to preach I knew God called me to to take the walk that I had with him so seriously and I was not doing that at all and you know I would be hanging out at friends' houses where um, th- their parents would be fine with them having a drink and and you know hanging out there playing cards with them and there's alcohol on the table and it's not that I was necessarily participating in that but I'm like not really living a life that's the example that I want to live and so I I was praying and i was trying really pushing myself i got to read the bible more i got to read the bible more and I, i was reading hebrews and the passage sorry not hebrews i was reading mark and the passage where um in the book of mark it talks about the crucifixion and it's talking about the crowd chanting and i just remember like when they were shouting crucify him crucify him and i'm reading that and i i could feel like my own lifestyle, my own decisions, my own sin was there that day shouting, crucify him. And it was me. It was me shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And it just resonated. So like, like it was so profound and I can't explain how, I've never had a feeling like that where I'm reading a book and like tears are coming to my eyes and it's not like a a rom-com, you know, (laughs) like I'm just like I'm falling apart as I'm reading and God was moving on me. And it really was one of those moments that it wasn't just like a good a good book or a good movie, but it actually impacted me and gave me a strength so to speak to start to live differently so that for me like speaks to the transformative power of the word of god
0: yeah and i i think i mean there's so many examples really you know if you think about just all the services that we're in with preaching and hearing the word of god and reading the word of god like there to me like i read a lot and if you count audiobooks uh i read a lot if you don't count audiobooks <laughs> Then I read a little bit, um, but but so much of that, you know, it, it doesn't impact you the same way. And then I'll open up the Bible and I'll see Paul say, you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And in like one phrase, my whole reference for how I've been living my life and what I'm <laughs> focused on is like turned upside down and that will stay with me forever. And it, it's not because, you know, Paul is this great writer, although he, he is, and he, he writes very eloquently, but it's because it touches on, I think what is inside of us, this, this yearning to be with God and to know God and to love God. And, you know, this longing for eternity. And it's just so in truth with, uh, or or it's so in, um, Connection with how God has made us and, and how we're yeah. wired and what we're to live for—that it speaks to us on a level and in a way that that no other writing can, and it, that's why it has the power um, that it does because it it is from God, from our Creator, Absolutely. to us.
1: Yeah, and I think like we're we're speaking from our own personal experience to kind of the the divine power that comes out of those pages, but. You can look and and we won't spend too much time here. Feel free to study this out a bit more on your own if you want to. But another thing that just points to the divine inspiration of Scripture, that it's not just human writing, but that God is the one speaking through the word is the fulfillment of prophecies in Scripture. There are mm-hmm. so many prophecies that have been fulfilled with Remarkable accuracy, where you know thousands of years apart, one one writer said this, and then one writer recorded those events taking place, and uh, even situations where a, a prophecy was given in scripture, and after the the canon of scripture ended, and the New Testament church was you know just living it out years later we would see even the fulfillment of some of those prophecies like the the destruction of jerusalem that jesus himself prophesied of in and the destruction of the temple he he prophesied of this in matthew 24 and luke 21 and 40 years after his crucifixion The Roman army comes in 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 about AD 70 and destroys Jerusalem, destroys the temple, fulfilling Jesus' words. And this isn't something that we even read about in scripture, but we see it fulfilled in the writings of historians like Josephus, who documented these events. and, And we see that confirmation of Jesus' prophecy. There's other ones, you know, the prophecies about Jesus himself, that we can find fragments of the scrolls of Isaiah that were you know, we can date those with modern scientific methods to before Jesus is supposed to have lived. And yet we know that Jesus came and fulfilled those same prophecies thousands of years later, uh, or, or, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later. And that's just a couple. There's the you know, prophecies of Babylonian captivity, prophecies of the fall of Tyre. There's, there's so many that you could study, but they point to this fact that it's not just human writing, but that God is writing through his people to his people. And that I think is what really gives the Bible that power to transform our lives. Like we were talking about with those personal experiences.
0: Yeah. And I think just you touching on the, the prophecies is, um, a really huge point too, just the idea that, you know, God was behind the prophecies and then mm-hmm. he comes, you know, in flesh, Jesus Christ and fulfills those those prophecies. And yeah. if you look at the amount of prophecies that were given about Jesus, the amount of prophecies that were fulfilled, some that were beyond even his control, just events that had to kind of. Um, you know, coalesce around that time and uh, in a particular sequence of events, like it, it just happens And those prophecies about Jesus being the Messiah um, are fulfilled. And so it just goes back to that whole kind of divine authorship of, you know, that God is writing this, that God is telling the story. And obviously if, if God would want us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt who jesus is and we talked about that a couple episodes ago you can go back about uh you know i think it's two episodes ago and learn about who jesus is but if god would want us to have that revelation then surely you know those prophecies about him he would fulfill them so that beyond a shadow of a doubt we would know that this is the one this is the uh this is god in flesh whom was prophesied beforehand um but beyond all of that right so we have kind of historical stuff we've got prophecies we've got the transformative nature the the divine authorship of scripture that's all well and good and it, it helps separate the bible from other books um, but why is this important and that's kind of what we want to talk about next why is it so important that we understand that the bible is not like other books and we don't treat it like other books
1: well i think you you kind of start to understand that okay if this is from god then this matters, right? Like God, God is, well, he's God. And he, as our creator, he knows what's right for us. We spoke to that when we were talking about self-help and this idea that that the Bible is true, it holds authority. It, and that really is the first thing, that the Bible is A source of truth so when we are questioning when we don't know uh, we're looking for direction we're we're trying to figure out what to do with our lives and we're trying to understand ourselves and how we relate to those around us the Bible is a source of truth no matter what questions we might be facing no matter what what doubts we might have no matter what fears we might have concerns we might have we can find answers in Scripture the Bible says in Psalm 119 105 your word is a lamp to, to guide my feet and a light for my path. The Bible is there to give us direction. It's, it's God's light to us. It's God giving us, uh, some people have referred to it at times as an instruction manual, right? Like it, it's so much more than that, right? It speaks to God's nature and his character and, and really a lot of it. And this maybe is leading into the second point, but it calls us into relationship with god it shows us who he is and and what he's trying to do and it calls us into relationship with him
0: yeah and just to continue on with where you're going with that it allows us to encounter god when we're reading the bible we're we're seeing god and we're understanding god the bible reveals his character it's him revealing his character it shows us his love for humanity his desire to have a relationship with us and what that relationship entails and, you know, what God's plan for our life is. And so as we read it and we we meditate on it, um, we don't get closer to, you know, a human author and understand, you know, where they're coming from, but it, it is drawing us closer to God. We're seeing his heart. We're seeing, you know, what he cares about, what he likes and what he dislikes. And so as the, the person of God, uh, we're able to connect with him, through his word and so we are able to experience and and be drawn into a deeper connection with him
1: yeah and i think by the same token the opposite could be true right if we understand that the bible is a source of truth and that when we spend time with it we get to know the truth about ourselves about our world about god and by studying it we grow closer to him then we could say that you know, if we're spending time in other material, whether it's music, movies, TV shows, even other books that, you know, maybe they're not necessarily bad, but they're just, they're, they're not the Bible. They're not the word of God. They're written by authors that maybe don't share the same worldview or share the same perspective on certain issues. Then these things can over time, if that's all we're consuming and we're just focusing on that and, and soaking in more and more and, and, you know, being constantly entertained by these things, they can, draw us further away from god and deeper into a connection with the things of this world a connection with the the world views of these um, authors or or entertainers that we're subscribing to right and so that's why it's so important that we engage with the word of god and and when we do we experience spiritual growth it's kind of the last point i'll hit here on why it's important before we get into some of the more practical stuff but when we really spend time in the word of god it's a catalyst for spiritual growth. It feeds us, it strengthens us. If you want to grow deeper with God, you have to spend time with him. And one of the the best ways to do that is by reading the word of God every single day. It'll strengthen your relationship with God. It'll equip you to live out that call, to live out what you believe. And by studying it, you're going to deepen your understanding of what God wants, what you're going to get clarity on what he's looking for. And it'll it'll highlight aspects of your life that, you know, maybe need to change or or if your direction needs to shift a little bit, you're going to get clarity on that as you spend more and more time in God's word. Yeah. And
0: I think that's so important. Kind of what you're saying, like just about it's really about going to the source you know, sometimes in, in services and, you know, with preachers and pastors, like we feel conviction and, um, you know, that's the word of God being presented, but there's something, to be said for, you know, going to the Bible and you read it for yourself and you're, you know, just alone with God and God is able to reveal something to you, you know, through his word and it speaks directly to you. It wasn't kind of what the the preacher got on Sunday, but it, it's what God directed you to in that moment, what you're reading and what you're feeling. There's so much more in scripture that we miss by it. Um, you know not reading the bible, but that 's why it 's such a catalyst for spiritual growth because when you read the Bible, you are hearing god right you 're connecting with God and so there 's so many messages about what God wants to do in our lives, and so the more we read it, the more we apply it, the more we meditate on it, uh, the more growth we 're going to see as a result and so we want to kind of just you know end on a bit more of a practical note you know we 've talked about the Bible how it 's not just another book, and so you know what can we do or what do we do in response? To this as believers as christians who should make the bible you know central in our lives knowing its significance you know what uh what do we do and so we want to start maybe jordan you can kick off with the first one what's our first practical step what could we do
1: well it's not just another book but it is in some ways a book and so <laughs> what do you do with books you read them right and i think obviously that's a that's bare bones you should read the bible and beyond that maybe set aside some time each week or every two weeks to spend a little bit more time uh studying it not just reading a passage not just going through like your daily reading or the passage that you selected uh, for that week but spend some time to actually sit down and if there's something you highlighted you know last week or or a few days ago pull that up again and kind of write it down and then look at the whole chapter and maybe do a search online for some uh, context for that passage and try to understand a bit more about what you're reading and to dive deeper into it. And I think one of the things too, that's important and that might cause the Bible to just take on new life as you read it is to find a translation that really resonates with you and understanding that unless you're a scholar, which i'm not um reading the bible in like the original uh latin or greek or uh you know even the aramaic um i'm not doing that dan are you doing that no i was just thinking
0: i I always tell you all the time you're a gentleman and not a scholar (laughs)
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) your kind words. Um, but no, like you have to find a translation that works well for you. So whether that's the King James version, if you're used to that and comfortable with the language and the flow of it, or if it's the new King James or, uh, the ESV is a great one as well. I find when i'm an audiobook guy too and i'm sure many of our listeners podcast listeners usually they lean towards the audiobooks a little (laughs) bit so i will say i recently found on audible for one credit you can purchase the entire dramatized new living translation with multiple voice actors And let me tell you, that is a wild ride (laughs) (laughs) when you start to get into some of the uh, like when you're reading like first and second Samuel, the Kings, like these Mm -hmm. more like action oriented stories, it is. Incredible. (laughs) So, yeah, find a translation that resonates with you and and just explore different resources. Maybe ask your pastor or if you're, you know, maybe part of a uh, a larger church, maybe you have like a teaching pastor or a discipleship pastor that could recommend um, like some study resources. Even just connect with your youth pastor or your, your uh pastor of your church and say, Hey, I really want to study this passage or this verse stuck out to me. Is there anything you would recommend that I pick up, another book or or a commentary or something? And just, you know, start to go down that road beyond just reading and into studying.
0: Yeah. And I think just another point about reading the Bible, if you think about it, if you've never done it, it's a very intimidating book. I know we're saying it's not just another book, but if you think about it as a book, it's a really long one, <laughs> um, yeah. it's like a really, really long one. And so uh, just, you know, think, take it one step at a time. Think about it as like it is a long goal. Like you don't just say, OK, I'm going to read the Bible and then you finish it tomorrow. Like that's not um, a realistic goal. You you couldn't do it, I don't think, unless you like, I don't know, where you could speed read incredibly fast. It's going to take at least one and a half days, Uh, but it's it's a really big book. And so, uh, you know, most Bible reading plans, if they break it up and you do the whole Bible, it might be 15 minutes a day. Now that's, you know, give or take your own reading speed, but 15 minutes a day. So in 15 minutes a day, if you did it every day, you would read the Bible in a year if you're a slow reader maybe a little bit longer but maybe you're young and you say okay like i'm you know it's not my strong suit or i've never read the bible before 15 minutes is too much cut that down to 5 minutes a day right 5 minutes of reading the bible and in 3 years from now you will have read the bible and there are so many people who whether they will readily admit it or they just hide it they have never read the bible for themselves and i they've read parts of it but they've never read the whole entire Bible for themselves. And so what a huge accomplishment, whether it takes you one year, three years, five years. The point is that you make it a habit of reading and studying the word of God.
1: For sure. Yeah, that's so important. And when you do that, when you spend time in the word, one of the things that we see in scripture is the importance of reflecting on it and, and meditating on it. Joshua 1 verse 8, it reminds us to study this book of instruction continually meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it only then joshua says only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do and we see this concept of you know meditating on the word of god day and night we see that in the psalms david says that a lot that you know he meditates on the word of god and i i think for me that's something that's always resonated because i did bible quizzing where i would memorize scriptures and they would be in my mind but even now i've been obviously out of that program for a while Uh, they wouldn't let me in maybe i could coach or something but uh, (laughs) they won't let me sit at the quiz board so even now though as i'm reading scripture i find that if i spend time to just you know, read over a verse a few times, especially the ones that stand out to me. If I highlight it, maybe make some notes. Then it's in my mind throughout the day, and I'm thinking about it. And that's what yeah. we're supposed to do, right? Is to to reflect on the word, to meditate on it.
0: Yeah, and it's an important practice. Um, you know, reading the Bible in listening to an audio Bible. Like the goal is not to just check off a box, right? And to say, okay, I, I read it and I moved on to the next day, but you actually have no real understanding of what you read right there's no comprehension of it there's no retention of it that's not the goal right and so if you have to slow down if you have to you know kind of force yourself to focus on it that is so much more impactful and meaningful than just checking the box and and moving through something and so having some sort of You know, system or way of kind of stopping and pondering, or reminding yourself of what you've read, or like you said, Jordan, you know, taking notes—just something that helps you engage with the word will make it that much more uh, memorable and be able to, you know, kind of continue to impact you as you go about your day.
1: For sure, I'm gonna kind of—I know we've got five points. I'm gonna kind of throw these two in the middle into one. Uh, So I have here: every service matters. This is something we say at our church. Crazy here. And what I mean by this is that showing up intentionally to church services and listening attentively to sermons, it's so important. And this is something I was challenged on a friend of mine who didn't grow up in church. uh, A few years in um, him and I were talking and through conversation about one of the recent services, I realized, man, this guy is paying way closer attention to what's going on at church than I am. And it just kind of, Shook me, and I was like, I need to really like be more intentional when I'm showing up to church. And the Bible talks about the importance of preaching, and typically for most of us, that's where we're hearing preaching is in a church service. Um, and so Romans ten fourteen it says, How can they call on Him on Jesus that is to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And it's talking about preaching, and we need when we show up to church, it, even if you know, you're know you like, oh, I've heard this message or, oh, I know that scripture. I know how he's going to end this sermon or um, even if, you know, no matter what's going on in your world, it's easy to let your mind wander. Try. Maybe you need to bring a notepad. Maybe you need to pull out your phone and. Uh, I don't want to go against your youth pastor, your pastor. If that's not cool, don't do it. But you know, make some notes somehow, pull out your phone, use a notepad, um, whatever you have to do to kind of stay focused on what God is trying to say, because that's what we believe is happening in a church service, that we're not doing this for our own glory, for our own fanfare or excitement, but that when we show up together in the church building, that we're going to hear from God. And the Bible says that God speaks through preaching, that God moves through the preaching. And so pay attention and and try to glean something from that. It's another chance beyond just reading scripture, but preaching is another chance to gain insight and perspective into the word of God through the man of God. Um, and kind of on the tail end of that Hebrews 10, 25 speaking to the church service and the, the experience of coming together again, it says, um, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So the other side of you know every service matters and coming together and hearing the preaching is the chance to build meaningful relationships. To engage with those that are in your youth group or in your church or you know, even in your district, if it's a convention or a conference, to start to build meaningful relationships and maybe even make plans to hang out beyond the four walls, beyond the services and get together and you know, share what you're reading, what you're studying, what's standing out to you. Be intentional about those relationships. Don't just you know hang out and have fun, but take it one step further and and really challenge and encourage one another because the day is drawing near right the the world is a crazy world it is hard to live for god and so when we build these meaningful relationships and we we lean on them for strength we get so much more out of it in the end
0: yeah and i think both of those things together just you know kind of taking notes and these godly relationships they're part of that reflection and meditating on the scripture where you're not just hearing it in the moment but maybe you're making some notes about the sermon and you can now go back and you're not just remembering how you felt in the moment but that's connected to something tangible about you know the word of god that was used in that message that stirred your heart and you're able to kind of go back and reflect like okay what what did he say you know maybe your church doesn't have a a live stream or a recording and and that might be the only you know thing that you have to remind you of what was spoken in that service. And that can impact you, um, you know, for days or weeks or months, maybe you come across that journal entry a year from now, you never know. And it can speak to you again through, through what God did, uh, in that service. And then kind of lastly, practical thing, probably the most, um, actionable, I should say most actionable point, um, is to apply the word of God to, you know, do as Nike would say, you know, just do it. When yeah. you read something in the word, whatever it says, right, if it applies to your life, if it's applicable in how you treat other people and, you know, how you're supposed to think about the world, start to do that. Start to mold yourself into what the word of God is presenting or what God is, is saying, what he wants for his people, and just start to act on that and base your life um, on that. The Bible is not meant to be, you know, theoretical it is meant to be practical and applied to our daily lives james chapter 1 verse 22 says but don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says otherwise you are only fooling yourselves there's another um, passage of scripture that talks about you know it might even be the same one i can't remember if it's here or jesus but you know talking about looking in a mirror and when you're looking in the bible is like looking in a mirror and, and it's going to point out things about you and if you just you know don't do anything with that, then what was the value of looking in the mirror? You just know that you don't look good. (laughs) But if you do something with it, then now that act of looking in the mirror or reading the Word, it has benefit to you. It is improving you. It is changing your state and your condition to be more like Jesus, which is our ultimate um, goal that we are working towards. And so as you're reading the Bible, as you're studying, as you're in services, identify the practical ways that you can incorporate those teachings into your life whether it's your relationships your decisions your actions your choices you know your words all of the things the bible is meant to give us instruction in those areas but if we just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other it it doesn't have the the benefit to us it's not helping us pursue an abundant you know better life that god wants us to have so just do it
1: for sure Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. We've talked about what sets the Bible apart, why it's not just another book. And, you know, we talked about the historical accuracy. We talked about divine inspiration. And really what we said is that the Bible is a source of truth, that you can trust it, that it has real authority and real power to transform our lives. And so what do we do with that well we take action we read it we study it we meditate on it we take every opportunity to hear the Word of God preached seriously, and we build meaningful relationships around the Word, and, and we put it into practice, that we prioritize the Bible by putting it into practice and, and letting it set the tone and the course for our lives, that it's not just a light unto our path, but that we're actually walking that path once we you know, are, are directed that way. So I want to challenge you, take a step today Um, I'm sure at least once, maybe twice on this podcast, Dan has said, if you don't figure out when tomorrow you're going to read the Bible, you won't. So, (laughs) um, you know, figure out some time when you're going to study the word of God, schedule it, put it in your calendar, put an alarm on your phone, a reminder, uh, whatever you got to do, cut out distractions and make some changes to spend some regular time with God in his word. I believe that when you do that, you're going to discover wisdom, guidance, and the the same power to transform your life that we were talking about in this episode. Thanks for joining us and stay focused on God, his word. We'll see you next time. Peace.